Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on The Charlie Kirk Show, we dive into all things China virus. We ask the question, is it racist to call it the Chinese virus? And we do a crash course in economics on what everyone is missing. And we talk about the heroic leadership that President Donald Trump and his team are exhibiting every single day. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. Right now, freedom at charliekirk.com. And for those of you that email us, you have a chance to win some free swag. Uh, so email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. And make sure you guys are subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider. And we are on Spotify. And hit that subscribe button. We got a good show in store, everybody. Stay optimistic. We are going to win. Buckle up. Victory is coming. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Charlie Kirk Show. China virus is spreading all across the country, all across the world, actually. It's kind of incredible to see the reaction to the China virus uh, right now. We're just looking at some numbers that Italy has reported that 350 Italians have just died in the last 24 hours due to the China virus. Uh, the president of the United States just got done with a press conference. Uh, the president has activated the Defense Production Act. Uh, this authorizes the president to be able to require businesses to sign contracts or fulfill orders deemed necessary for national defense. Uh, essentially, it establishes mechanisms uh, to allocate material services and facilities to promote the national defense. Uh, it, it can control the civilian economy so that a scarce or critical materials necessary to the national defense effort are available for defense needs. Folks, this is an official war footing. I'm not going to say that it's an act of war, but we're at war against this virus. And this is and for China that did not contain this and for China that lied to the entire world. And we're going to get more into what uh, is happening actually around the movements of this act of war. But China needs to be held accountable. China needs to be punished for what they have done to the world here because trillions of dollars of wealth are disappearing. Hundreds of thousands of people are soon to be hospitalized. Thousands of Americans will die because of this. And this is going to be really stunning for people to hear. More people are going to die of the Chinese virus than died on 9-11. That's what the current projections show right now. I hope that's not the case, but that's where the projections are headed. Right now, over 3,000 Italians have died. They're on pace for 10,000 deaths uh, within the next couple of weeks. There's an exponent curve to this. And it's getting very, very scary very, very quickly. And you can make the argument that now it's all full-fledged war against this virus. My opinion is that we got to find the balance, though, 
between war against the virus and keeping economic prosperity and productivity going, or else the reaction could be far worse than the virus itself. And there's something that I think we need to talk about that a lot of people are missing. But first, are you guys getting crushed by the cartel of the colleges? Are you guys worried about repaying your student loan debt? Are you guys uncertain about being able to find a job? Because that's a big anxiety right now. A lot of people are saying, I don't know where to find work. I get it. And guess what? We have a solution for you. That solution is called Credible.com. Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. They help people get out of student loan debt. If you've got student loan debt, you could benefit from this. I've seen people benefit tremendously from it. With a lower student loan interest rate, essentially refinancing your student loan rate, you can save on interest and lower your monthly payment. And with a shorter loan term, you can get debt-free faster. You can consolidate all your student loan bills in one place. You can get a serious peace of mind. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 different lenders, whereas with some other online marketplaces, you get range of the rates or ballpark estimates. It only takes a couple minutes to check rates. Checking rates doesn't impact your credit. And guess what? They never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of lenders. So right now, visit Credible.com slash Charlie. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Charlie. When you refinance your student loans via Credible, they'll give you a $200 gift card. Fill in a couple pieces of information to check what rates you're eligible for. Again, that's Credible.com slash Charlie. Refinance your student loans and start saving. So again, this is officially a war footing. Military hospital ships are now being sent to New York and California, the USS Mercy and USS Comfort. So I'm sort of pleased to see this because this goes to show that we can reallocate prior expenditures and investment uh, into the United States government to be used to fight this crisis. Um, I actually am glad to see that we're using some of this multi-trillion dollar defense infrastructure that we've spent over the last couple decades. Uh, The U.S. closes the border with Canada to all non-essential travel. Uh, It's actual mutual closing. As we said in a previous podcast, there are no atheists in foxholes and no globalists in pandemics. Uh, President Trump has moved to suspend evictions through mid-April. So essentially that these the people that might be evicted from their home or foreclosures are going to stop till mid-April. A lot of danger in that. Um, That's really going to put some disruption in the market. Banks are not going to like that, but I will tend to agree with President Trump. It's rather harsh to kick people out of their home when you're asking them to quarantine. So I I will find some sympathy with that. Uh, The market stopped trading uh, for the fourth time because the market was down 7%. And uh, some bad news, folks. Not good. And we've been, you know, talking about a lot of the good news since the beginning of the Charlie Kirk Show. Thank you guys for the support, by the way, of the Charlie Kirk Show. But the Dow has now fallen below the moment where it was when Trump took office at the recording of this podcast. You'll hear it right here. The Dow will recover. The market will recover. But that's how things are right now. Uh, Wall Street has been on an absolutely unprecedented roller coaster ride. Uh, The S&P 500 has swung 4% or more in either direction for seven consecutive sessions. Uh, Trading has now resumed. Right now, at the time of this recording, we're down 1,050 points on the Dow, or 8%. Uh, This tops the previous record of six days uh, from November 1929. My goodness, this was the stock market crash that led to the Great Depression. 
Now, we have some things in place, such as the FDIC. We have a much more active central bank. And the biggest issue of the Great Depression was a liquidity issue, and they run on the banks. That's not going to happen because the Fed is going to keep on pumping in money and going to continue to create money. Uh, The S&P 500 is 30% off its record high through Thursday. Just want to contribute this to the conversation. Some people are talking about the elderly are most at risk of this virus. Well, the elderly are also seeing their life savings completely and totally disappear. Uh, And that's something that uh, is serious. That's real life consequences. So what's causing today's turmoil? Well, look, Russia and the Saudis, they're trying to destroy fracking. This is all about fracking. And the Saudis and the Russians, mostly the Russians, are making a very serious bet that Joe Biden is going to be president of the United States. They're trying to destroy American energy development. They're trying to destroy an entire sector of the American economy uh, by pumping in cheap oil to the market, basically breaking the OPEC plus agreement that allowed a sustainable level of oil to exist, where millions of Americans rely on jobs, where millions of Americans rely on auxiliary industries. I'll give you an example. Go to Midland, Texas, which is a primarily energy city. All the wealth in that city is all about oil and natural gas development development and liquid and natural gas. There are hundreds of thousands of people in the Permian Basin, which goes from Texas uh, to New Mexico uh, and hits parts of Oklahoma, but mostly Texas and New Mexico. There's hundreds of thousands of people that live in the Permian Basin that work in service industry jobs, that work in schools, that work in hospitals, that work in restaurants, that work as truck drivers. And they're going to be put out of work because of the Russian-Saudi double whammy hit against American energy. So right now it's at $23 per barrel. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, and this, it's, it's silly. I mean, you, literally right now, a bottle of hand sanitizer is going for more than a barrel of oil. I mean, it's, the world's upside down. I mean, it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And I mean, you could go to stores and you, water is costing more than a barrel of oil right now uh, because there's, because there's price gouging happening with, with water. And so, this has to come to an equilibrium really quickly. The president's got to pick up the phone to the Saudis, to Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Again, Russia's going to do whatever they want. And you tell the Saudis, like, hey, um, you're welcome. That's how you start the phone call. And just silence. And they'll say, what do you mean, Mr. President? You're welcome. You're welcome for canceling the Iran deal. You're welcome for getting rid of Qassam Soleimani. You're welcome for defending you against the Iranians. You're welcome. And then that will be an uncomfortable silence. And the next President Trump should say, we have leverage over you. We know that a lot of your families were involved in 9-11. We know that you're the number one funder of Wahhabist terror ideology. Not the number one funder of terror, but the number one funder of Wahhabism. You're going to cut the supply right now and get this price up to 40 or $50 a barrel. It doesn't have to go crazy. It doesn't go up to $80 a barrel. But you're going to stop it. Because you're about to make a millions of Americans in the energy sector go out of work really quickly. So the upside, people are saying, well, it's lower oil prices. But people aren't driving right now. They're sitting at home. So you have, a, you have a, an unbelievable double whammy to the American economy. And President Trump, once he gets this virus sorted out, he's got to make a five-minute phone call to Mohammed bin Salman and get this sorted out. Because we have basically fulfilled the Saudi checklist And I'm not saying we have to go to war with the Saudis. I'm not saying we have to do all this cataclysmic stuff. But I am saying you got to protect our country and put our country first. So for all of you that don't understand how the energy markets work, basically there is an agreement amongst the energy producing nations. And there was always an agreement to keep the price of oil high. Now, it was probably too high for too long. It was well over $100 a barrel throughout the Iraq war. 
And but at, because of fracking and liquid natural gas development and the new technology that's been available in the last decade, we have now become energy independent. In fact, we have become energy dominant. We now have 18% of the world's energy comes from the United States of America, and it's freaking out the Russians and the Saudis because that's how they fund their government. That's how they fund their lavish lifestyle, by the way. And so President Putin is betting on a Biden presidency because Biden will do two things. Biden will regulate, tax, penalize, and hunt down American natural gas and oil development. He'll send the EPA after them. He won't allow liquid natural natural gas development to happen on federal lands. He'll tax them. He'll audit them. He'll do exactly what Barack Obama did. And the second piece that he'll do is Joe Biden will bow down to the oligarchs of Russia and Saudi Arabia and say, you guys do this oil natural gas development. Now, what's the significance of this? Who's going to be happy? Well, the environmentalists are going to be super happy and say, oh, yeah, Joe Biden's trying to save our planet, even though the same production is going to be happening halfway across the world. And these evil, anti-democratic, anti-Western, theocratic tyrants in the Middle East and secular tyrants in Russia are now going to have all the power. This is the danger of the American environmental movement. They would rather have Russia and Saudi Arabia and Iran pump the oil and get the money and the royalties off the oil. And the same environment be polluted, then America pump the oil, have Americans be employed, have Americans benefit from the tax revenue, and not embolden some of the world's biggest tyrants. You know what happens if oil goes back up to 80 90 or or $100 a barrel, what Russia wants? All of a sudden, they're able to rebuild their military again. All of a sudden, they're able to do their adventurous, very questionable foreign policy exercises all around the world. And so if I was Russia, I would love the American environmentalist movement. I would fund the American environmentalist movement. If I was Russia, I would, I would put as much money as I could into the keep it in the ground Bernie Sanders movement. And we will get into Bernie Sanders Biden news because there's a lot of rumors and innuendo going on politically. But that's actually not the biggest issue right now. You know, if, you, if a couple weeks ago, if you would have said, Charlie, what's your show going to be about? I'd say, well, it's definitely going to be about the horse race in the Democrat Party. Well, that's not that's not what we're focusing right now because we're in the middle of a crisis. We're in the middle of an economic crisis and a health crisis and an infectious disease crisis, the like of which the country has never seen. I want to get into the economics of this because I don't think there's enough economic literacy going around about the issues and the causes and the effects of what's happening. But first, with this new year, it's time to get started on improving yourself. No one knows that better than one of my favorite sponsors. I do such a great job. Vincero Watches. These guys know just how important it is to look and feel your best. They're here to help keep you motivated through 2020 and beyond. If you're looking to upgrade your look, don't waste money on cheap cookie cutter watches that don't get you noticed. Finding a watch that's stylish, bold, and built to last can cost a pretty penny. Vincero Watches is changing that. They believe you deserve to look good no matter your budget. You deserve something better than something underwhelming. Mr. Producer right now is wearing his watch. He's smiling. It's glimmering. It's gorgeous. So head over to VinceroWatches.com right now. Check out my favorite picks and Mr. Producer's favorite picks. And don't forget to use that promo code KIRK, K-I-R-K. Did you know that Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day returns, and guarantees your watch for two years? It's stress-free shopping with fair and honest prices. When you put it on, you immediately know you got more than you paid for. It's the best value for your money, guaranteed. That is why Vincero has over 20,000 five-star reviews on your site you can read for yourself. No matter who you are, what your job is, or how old you are, or where you live, there will always be an occasion where you'll want and need to look your best. 
This is a timepiece you'll use. This is a timepiece that will last. This is something that will help you and look incredible. This deal is really so good, you can't pass it up. Get the year started right. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O, watches.com. Use my discount code Kirk, K-I-R-K, for a discount at checkout. Do not pay full price on these beautiful watches. Mr. Producer loves it. Use my code Kirk at checkout. That's VinceroWatches.com. So I want to talk about economics. I don't think that we talk about economics enough. In fact, I haven't really been focusing on economics that much the last couple of years since President Trump took office because it's been such sound economic policy. Low taxes, less regulation, pro-growth, pro-optimism, putting our country first. And we've seen an economic renaissance. But now that things are getting uncertain, uneasy, now more than ever, we need to get back to the laws of economics. We need to talk about the Austrian School of Economics. We need to talk about the Chicago School of Economics and the Keynesian School of Economics. Those are the three big schools of economics. Austrian School of Economics, for those of you that don't know, uh, founded by Austrian economists, obviously, Ludwig von Mises, and popularized by Murray Rothbard and F.A. Hayek. Uh, Essentially, the thought process behind the Austrian School of Economics is that you cannot play games with interest rates. The central bank can do more harm than good and will do more harm than good. There's something called the Austrian business cycle. Uh, Essentially, it makes the argument that big booms and big busts are not natural. It's actually not natural for human beings to go through those sorts of booms and busts. You'll probably say, well, Charlie, what about the tulip craze that happened in the Netherlands? That's actually one of the big parts of Ludwig von Mises' debunking. He says that, no, that was inflated arbitrarily through the central bank uh, of the equivalent of the time and of the government, that big booms and big busts are not natural in human behavior. In fact, we're much more likely to make small risks and small rewards unless we're incentivized by a central bank or um, irrational monetary policy to do so. The Chicago School of Economics, which was uh, popularized by Milton Friedman, uh, and has essentially that's taken over the dominant center-right libertarian conservative market theory over the last 30 or 40 years, which is that, no, the central bank has a very important role, but the interest rate should not be played with. They should be set at, uh, and people can't, should be able to predict it. People should be able to plan on it, and that it should grow slowly with the rate of inflation, not adjusted to the business cycle or the curbs of what's happening in real time. Milton Friedman was also a huge believer in private property and free market economics, abolishing the minimum wage, and his he was the most adamant about doing nothing in times of crisis. In fact, he said, if you're going to do anything at all, cut taxes, liberate the American economy and deregulate, the Austrians would agree with that as well. And then you got the Keynesian School of Economics. And mind you, there's a lot more different schools of thought of economics. I'm oversimplifying for a reason because I'm not going to turn this into an economics podcast, but I am going to turn it into a short lesson for everyone that might not be caught up to speed on all this. Then you have the Keynesian School of Economics, uh, essentially popularized or created by John Maynard Keynes. John Maynard Keynes was a British economist uh, post world uh, post depression during World War II uh, who argued for massive deficit spending, highly intrusive government action in the economy in times of the the, the depression. The essentially the person who carries the torch of John Maynard Keynes is Paul Krugman. Paul Krugman is the modern day intelligentsia era parent, if you will of John Maynard Keynes. Now, going back to Keynesian economics, um, he wrote a very famous book called The General Theory of Employment, Interest, and Money. So John Maynard Keynes was famous for a lot, but he was most famous for a quote that he says, deficits don't really matter. We're all dead in the long run. Um, He's just so unbelievably wrong because of that quote. I can't even tell you because you have future generations that are going to have to inherit that debt burden and inherit 
what the decisions you make right now. So it's remarkably selfish, foolish, yet it's something that he's most known for, uh, for saying, and a lot of economists embrace his philosophy. Now, during the Obama era, the chief economist that basically advised on Keynesian economics, and he's been wrong about everything, is Austin Goolsby, who I find to be just insufferable on television. He's he's always wrong, but he's never in doubt. And anyway, so he's 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 uh, he's another Keynesian. So in the Keynesian school of economics, they argue for big, bold, massive government intrusion when things don't go the right way. And so going back, we saw this during the uh, the financial crisis in two thousand eight when. Banks were not properly capitalized when Lehman Brothers went under and the mortgage-backed security crisis, which, by the way, what happened because of Fannie and Freddie and happened because of bad action of the Federal Reserve. All of a sudden, we went into a financial crisis in 08 and 09, recession in 2010, climbed our way out of it anemically because Barack Obama, his stimulus, was based in Keynesian economics. Uh, and it was based in infrastructure spending. It was based in deficit spending, and it did not accelerate economic growth. In fact, I was part of a coalition that studied this really closely. I lived through this. I got my, I was essentially baptized by fire in the financial crisis post-08, staying up late reading exactly what was in the stimulus bill. And I could recite to you the infrastructure projects that were in there, and I could recite to you exactly how it was put together. And I'm not by any means saying I'm a policy expert of it, but I know more than most of exactly the failures and the lack of success there. For example, the $500 million that were wasted that went to Solyndra was part of the Obama stimulus plan. And we protested in the streets and argued against it. So now I have to say this with you know a degree of skepticism. All of a sudden, Congress is saying we need a trillion dollar stimulus plan. And some of it's fine. Some of it's tax cuts. And by the way, one third of the Barack Obama 2009-2010 stimulus plan was payroll tax cuts. Totally in support of that. Well, we're getting into really dangerous territory here, and I'm not going to support philosophically or economically because bad economics is demand side redistributionism. So, on basically, you guys should. I'm I'm guessing a lot of you listening have some understanding of supply and demand, the basic laws of economics. And here's the best way you can describe what economics are. It is it is our we as human beings our constant fight against scarcity. That's it. We have to first admit that scarcity exists. And economics is the way that we can make sense of scarcity. And guess what? The market has abolished scarcity in so many different things in so many different ways. We have more food than we know what to do with. We, don't, we no longer have a scarcity of communication. We over-communicate. So markets have solved a lot of the issues that economics have been trying to solve for the last couple hundred years. Anyway, so you have supply economics and you have demand economics. If I were to design the perfect tax bill, I would weigh them both evenly. Now, the Republican tax bill and that Donald Trump signed into effect, which was unbelievably successful, was on both sides of the demand curve and the supply curve. Corporate tax cut, small business tax cut, but also middle income tax cut, working person's tax cut, and also the childhood tax credit. And those were remarkably successful. Now, the left or Keynesians would argue that no matter what money you spend, it's going to have a positive effect on the economy. For example, they'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you give someone food stamps, if you give someone $1,000, they're going to spend that money. It's going to rotate in the economy. It's going to have a multiplier effect, a lot of weight behind that, that term multiplier effect. Got that into a second. And it's going to have money velocity. Now, Milton Friedman basically came up with the entire idea of, of money velocity, which is how quickly money is exchanging hands in the economy. And that's what he used as a measurement of the health of the economy. And I totally agree. Makes sense because if money's not moving quickly, 
people are not operating with a sense of urgency. Entrepreneurship is probably down. New business is probably down. And so right now people are proposing, well, let's just give people $1,000 or $2,500 cash. This is not good economics. It's not going to result in a supply stimulus. It's not. A true supply stimulus would be either to cut payroll tax cuts for employers like us, where we have 150 people on payroll. That would be an amazing stimulus for us and would save us tons. Us, I'm saying Turning Point USA, we employ 150 people. Now, if you give people $1,000 or $2,500, they might save that money. They might actually go buy a bunch of stuff and hoard that money. There's no evidence they're going to go all of a sudden on a vacation with that money. So here's the proposal that I'm sending forward, and I think that it's a good middle ground, which is make available an optional $3,000 loan, no interest, repayable up to 18 months, and failure to pay, the IRS will come after you. And a couple things will happen. A lot of people won't take the loan. Second thing, it goes back to that old theory, you're less thirsty as soon as a glass of water is on a table. As soon as you know it's there, all of a sudden you get to a new form of comfort. People are anxious for what they think they cannot touch. Every scientific psychological study shows this, by the way, that people are thirsty, 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 and they just think they're less thirsty even though they're equally as thirsty biologically in the moment if all of a sudden a glass of water is on the table. So if people know there's a $3,000 potential instant no-interest loan for them, and some people need that right now, by the way. I'm not discounting it. Not discounting the need. I'm pushing back against the economics of it. Perfectly fine with short-term loan. I think that's reasonable. It has to be repaid, though, and it could be interest-free, so the government's going to lose money on it because of inflation. That doesn't matter. But I know I wouldn't take the loan. I know a lot of people in our office wouldn't take the loan. We just don't need it. Some people might need it. And it's there, and that would be a good function of the government acting as a safety net, not as a hammock. Giving money to people, I do not think, is good economics. I just don't. Now, when they're talking about bailing out the airline industry, okay, again, I, I, I agree, it's not their fault, but why is no one talking about the business insurance that they have? American Airlines pays millions of dollars every single year for casualty and business insurance. Do you know what the, the, the difference is? The difference is that usually there's a physical requirement for insurance to kick in. So for example, let's say that five American Airlines uh, planes blew up. God forbid, right? Let's just pretend. Okay, well, they have insurance up against that. So what Congress should do, instead of saying we're going to do a $50 billion bailout for American Airlines, Delta, and United, we're going to pass a law that says the insurance companies have to treat this economic downturn the same as a physical downturn if there's a hurricane, a tsunami, or if their physical infrastructure got put into jeopardy. All of a sudden, it would save the U.S. taxpayer tens of billions of dollars. And guess what? These insurance companies, I have no love lost for them, especially these insurance companies that insure Boeing 737s. These guys are hoarding cash, okay? I would love nothing more than upend the financial projections of these actuaries that think they've got it all figured out. If there's any industry that is going to fight back tooth and nail, it's the insurance companies that have been overcharging us for years. And, and guess what? The types of insurance companies that are insuring these airplanes and insuring every one of these Fortune 500 companies has a line item, tens of millions of dollars that they spend on insurance every single year. They have to. No corporate board would allow any company to exist without insurance. And so maybe part of that is going to be start to be claimed or fought in court. But again, I talked to some of these CEOs and I talked to some of these business owners that say, well, yeah, I mean, look, restaurants have, have business insurance. Of course they do. 
if a tree falls on their building. But again, it's it has to have some sort of physical damage component. Congress or the Treasury, I don't know how the mechanics would work, could waive that component. They're also talking about a payroll tax cut. Totally supportive of this. But folks, I'm just going to say, I'm getting worried about our debt and deficit. We just can't keep on throwing numbers like this and act as if it doesn't exist. And I'm fully in support of President Trump trying to revitalize and resuscitate the American economy. But we have to be equally measured uh, around long-term benefits and short-term surpluses because we're about to be doing something that is, could be very potentially dangerous for the long-term vibrancy of the American economy. So to recap, you got the Austrian school, the Chicago school, and the Keynesian school. I think we should go back to the Chicago school, deregulate, cut taxes, and allow the American entrepreneur to be liberated. Some of you are going to say, Charlie, what are you talking about? Milton Friedman was a huge proponent of a negative income tax or universal basic income or giving cash to people. You're right. He was. But do you know how he always prefaced that? Do you know how Milton Friedman would always preface it? Get rid of the welfare state, then I'll be in support of it. So let's get rid of the welfare state, then we can support that. By the way, you're about to see tens of millions of Americans potentially go back on food stamps. Tens of millions of Americans go back on the government dole. So we need to revitalize the greatest wealth-creating engine in the history of the world and go back to what has allowed these people to have dignity, allowed them to have success and prosperity the last couple of years. I'm going to keep on building out on that point. But first, if you're like most of us, you carry a balance on your credit cards. And if those cards come with high interest rates, you need my friends at Lightstream. It's so easy to lower your interest rate and save with a Lightstream credit card consolidation loan. Get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees. You can get your money as soon as the day you apply. Apply today and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is go to lightstream.com slash Kirk. I've heard a lot of people that have liked the service, and I know you guys will too. It's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Kirk. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Kirk. Subject to credit approval includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change out notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Kirk for more information. So again, let's, instead of having the American taxpayer shoulder too big of a burden, the insurance companies should have to cover the risk pool and they're not going to like it and the insurance company stocks are going to plummet, but you're going to save the U.S. taxpayer $700 billion potentially. It's a much better way to approach this. And again, in times of crisis is where your principles really matter. We're not all socialists now, everybody. We're not going to just get behind a socialist program. I'm not saying that President Trump is a socialist, and I'm not saying he's advocating for this. I'm saying that Capitol Hill is pushing this down his throat, and they're giving him no choice whatsoever, and him fighting back is going to look inhumane. And I hope that Republicans in Congress uh, will really push back against this. I really do, uh, because that, that's what's good for the country and incredibly necessary. And so you've heard me call this the Chinese virus. It's very, very important. And I just want to get to one point before we kind of talk about some political news, because there's a lot of political news we want to dive into, believe it or not, and some actually some good things and some not so good things, I should say. The Chinese virus, calling it the Chinese virus, is not racist. However, here's a really legitimate question. 
why is the left so focused on trying to find racism in the time of a tragedy when the racism doesn't exist? I want to play tape of Cecilia Vega. And all she's worried about, she's not worried about people dying. She's not worried about the economy cratering. She's worried that President Trump might be a racist. So for her, in her value hierarchy and the value hierarchy of the left, I hope everyone listening to this podcast takes this as a lesson that the left does not care about Americans. They do not care about America as much as they care about their university-produced feeling seminars because he might be offending somebody. Okay, why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? There are reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? A lot of people say it's racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. That's why comes from China. I and want to be accurate. Yeah, please, John. Please. You. Um, I have a great, I have great love uh, for all of the people from our country. But uh, as you know, China tried to say at one point, maybe they stopped now, that it was caused by American soldiers. That can't happen. It's not going to happen. Not as long as I'm president. Uh, it comes from China. This is President Trump at his very best. God bless you, President Trump for standing up, and one of the first things he says is the Chinese virus. This takes courage, by the way. The globalist, anti-American elite. You think Joe Biden would call it the Chinese virus? He would probably call it the American virus. Seriously. I have a lot of questions about Joe Biden's commitment to China and how his family has gotten unbelievably rich from the Chinese Communist Party. And so this reporter that asked that question, first of all, China has a very long track record of paying people to peddle their garbage propaganda through state-owned media. So someone should be asking the question, why is she asking a question like that right out of the gate? Is she trying to keep somebody happy in Beijing? And I don't say that facetiously. I'm just asking the question. We absolutely should have to ask the question. China's our enemy. Treat them like the enemy. And if this originated anywhere else besides China with the money flow that's happening, Ebola, West Nile, we went through the whole list, Spanish flu, If it originated anywhere else, we wouldn't even be questioning it. But because of the cheap money flow from China, all of a sudden it's a discussion that's not allowed to happen. It's reprehensible and unbelievable. Chinese virus. And I just have to say, we at the Charlie Kirk Show, and and we've been on Twitter pushing this, we've been ahead of the curve. In fact, we received a lot of backlash and a lot of articles asking us to relent and back down, and we didn't. And we were leaders on this, and we were proud of it. And by the way, I have op-eds going back many years now saying China is our greatest enemy. And people said, Charlie, you're sable-rattling. Stop it. Well, China's infected the entire world. And we're on pace right now to have more Americans die from Chinese virus than they did on 9-11. Just let that sit in. And it's because of China. They didn't handle it properly in their country. As soon as they hit 100 cases, as soon as they, they know how infectious disease work. They're not stupid. I've never called the Chinese stupid. They're sinister. It's a big difference. The Chinese know how infectious diseases work. As soon as it hit 1,000 people, they should, Xi Jinping should have done a press conference, called in the WHO, and closed off his borders and asked for assistance and help. And guess what? I would have been the first person to compliment them, say thank you, China, for doing the correct and the selfless thing, not the selfish thing. 
Now China didn't close their borders. That kept kept on allowing people from Wuhan to go all throughout their country, to Beijing, to Shanghai, board flights all across the world, go to Rome, which is a primary destination point for Chinese tourists, to go to Jerusalem, which is another primary destination point for Chinese tourists, and go to New York to Los Angeles, which is another primary destination point for Chinese tourists. And it spread, and it spread, and the infection metastasized. And now we're on pace for a million infections in the next two weeks. The entire economy is shut down in the United States. And it's, it's tearing our country apart. People are restless. People are losing their jobs. We're on the verge of a recession. And this is because China lied. Sanctions, whatever it's going to take to go against China and recoup the loss. And guess what? Nothing's going to bring these people back. Nothing. And China is to blame. So we have some big political news, and I want to take this moment. Please email us at freedom at charliekirk.com. We're doing an AMA uh, tomorrow, so freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. It was a clean sweep for China Joe. Uh, Joe China uh, is what we call him here on the program, and I did get that from my good friend Steve Hilton on Fox News, but that's what we call him here, Joe China. I never want to hear Joe Biden again. Joe China on Twitter from this point out. Uh, Joe China won Arizona, Florida, and Illinois. And by the way, I call him Joe China just so you understand because he took a flight on Air Force Two, uh, which is the flight, uh, which is the plane reserved for the uh, vice president of the United States uh, with his son, Hunter Biden, and Chinese officials from Washington, D.C. to Beijing. And a couple days later, his son, Hunter Biden, underqualified drug addict uh, and also uh, dishonorably charged, discharged from the American military. That's true, right? Dishonorably, right? Uh, and also a recent father that we've learned uh, tied up in a paternity suit. He's uh, an immoral and uh, quite, quite honestly, an awful person. He's an awful person, but congratulations to Joe China for being a grandfather, uh, which I don't think he ever got the proper uh, congratulations. But I guess uh, you are the father, Hunter Biden, uh, in that paternity uh, suit. And uh, so what happened is that Hunter Biden, totally underqualified, never never ran a firm of the size or enormity, secured a $1.5 billion investment from China days after. They all flew on the plane. I'm sure that wasn't a discussion, a topic of discussion. Meanwhile, Joe Biden went up parading around the world saying that China's our greatest friend and we need to be calm to China. Let's play tape of Joe Biden talking about how we should not be afraid of China. Play tape. China is going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. They can't even figure out how to deal with the, 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 the fact that they have this great division between the China Sea and the mountains in the east, I mean, in the west. They can't figure out how they're going to deal with the corruption that exists within the system. I mean, I, you know, they're not bad folks, folks, but guess what? They're not a they're, they're not, they're competition for us. Joe was in charge of the China portfolio in the Obama administration, so we call him Joe China. Uh, basically, Bernie Sanders, his chance of winning the nomination are next to nothing. Uh, he won just three counties in all three states, zero in Florida, one in Illinois, and the one county he won in Illinois was uh, the where the University of Illinois is. It was Champaign County, basically. It was the only county that he won. Uh, and new breaking report uh, claims that uh, he's de- uh, Bernie Sanders, Comrade Sanders, uh, has deactivated all of his digital ads. Now, look, I'd rather run up against Joe Biden than Bernie Sanders. Um, and I'm going to actually I'm being vindicated in this because in times of economic crisis, a socialist sounds super attractive. And I would not want, want to run up against Bernie Sanders right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't when the sky is, is falling and people can't find ventilators and there's crisis, people are looking to government. And I would not want to validate those ideas and give Bernie Sanders that kind of a platform. So I'm glad to see Joe Biden be the nominee. I'd much rather run up against confused and corrupt than authentic and free stuff. 
And look, President Donald Trump is going to get us through this crisis. He's being a magnificent leader. He's doing a terrific job. And for those of you that are antsy on edge, I want to thank you for continuing to listen to The Charlie Kirk Show. We're going to keep on giving you uh, the real-time updates and real-time information. Uh, and it's and look, okay, I just want to go back to Joe China. And after Trump courageously closed the border to China on January 31st, he called it xenophobic hysteria. Um, Joe China knows that Donald Trump's going to be very hard to beat. He's going to try to consolidate the entire Democrat Party, but a lot of the Bernie Sanders supporters and Bernie bros and younger voters are not going to come out in numbers to go support Joe China. Who do we want leading our country in crisis? Someone who is bought and paid for by the Chinese Communist Party? Someone who doesn't know what state he's in, doesn't know what day the primary is, doesn't know the preamble to the Constitution and confuses his wife with his sister? I mean, he could be talking to Xi Jinping and he actually might be talking to Mohammed bin Salman. He could be talking to Angela Merkel and might be Macron. And I'm not joking. Joe Biden is confused as he is corrupt. And by the way, as soon as if he wins the presidency, the White House will become a Biden Crime Foundation Inc. 2.0. It'll make the Clinton Crime Foundation look like child's play. And Joe Biden knows that he's very vulnerable. Um, and the people around him and the handlers that he's putting together, I would be very nervous. And I guess what? They think that this crisis is going to benefit them. And they're wrong. Because in times of crisis, people want leadership. And President Donald Trump going up in front of the American people, it's hard. And I just want to give a shout out to the people in the White House. There are 28, 29, and 30-year-old people in the White House. I know these young people. They're patriots to our country. They're sleeping two or three hours a night. They are working their tail off for our country, trying to solve this crisis. And they're being so mistreated by the media. And President Donald Trump's doing a phenomenal job going out every single day. Can you imagine the duress that he's under? There's no playbook for this, by the way. There's no playbook. I mean, for every other thing, basically, that a president will encounter, even war, there's a playbook. Okay? Here's how we invade. Here's how we do the supply chains. There's no playbook here. Okay? And President Donald Trump and his team, his team deserves so much credit from top to bottom, that are going to the Oval Office every single day, that are working in the West Wing. And for those of you that are listening, that are sitting at home and playing video games and partying on the beach, you got people in your generation that you went to school with that are doing everything they possibly can to curb the spread of this virus. And we can't forget that there are 200 and 300 25 and 26-year-olds that this is one of their first jobs they've ever had. And they're not sleeping. They're persevering through it. And they have to go and turn on TV and see people doing jello shots on Miami Beach being as in just being selfish like you wouldn't believe. And we cannot forget that. It's so hard to be a leader in times of crisis. People want to follow. President Donald Trump is assuming the mantle of leadership better than any president I have ever seen. President Barack Obama would be blaming other people he would not be taking responsibility. He'd be lecturing us about how we need universal health care. President Trump is saying, we're going to focus on a silent killer. This is one of the hardest tasks a president has had to face post-World War II. Do I think it's one of the greatest crises? No. But do I think it's one of the hardest tasks? It's unbelievably difficult. And the President of the United States deserves such credit for confronting it head-on 
like the courageous leader that he is, and that's why we put him into office. Everybody, please email us, freedom at charliekirk.com, with your questions. We've got an AMA coming up. If you guys want to get involved with Turning Point USA, we are still growing. We are still starting chapters. We're going online. We're going digital, but we are not stopping. We are moving full speed ahead. Go to tpusa.com. Go to tpusa.com, and uh, please make sure you're subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Give us those five-star ratings. Subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks so much, everybody. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Stay optimistic. We're going to turn the corner. America's the greatest country ever to exist. We are going to win. Our enemies are going to lose. We're going to hold them accountable. Our country will be stronger because of this. Keep the faith. We will win. Thanks so much. From the creators of Cold Case Files and PD Stories come the next great true crime podcast, I Survived. Every week, I Survive presents chilling first-person accounts from people who overcame deadly situations, allowing the survivors to describe the events as they unfolded and how they made it out alive. If you love true crime, you are going to love I Survived. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every week. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees... Close your eyes and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.